All right, today we're going to dive into a report uh, from Cannabis and Tech Today about what investors are looking for, 10 tips for success, a lot of things moving, a lot of things going to be different. And so want to keep on top of uh, what the industry is doing and what businesses can do to stay successful. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Back with us is Katrina Gugowski, angel investor and attorney to talk about an article from, uh, originally from Cannabis and Tech Today. Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. All right. So we are we found the article via Benzinga. They, they reprinted this Cannabis and Tech Today article about the 10 areas that businesses can do to keep on top of things. Number one is to have a smooth running operation. Cannabis companies experience a rapid growth can end up sputtering if they lose sight of what's happening and they can't predict what's likely to happen or make hiring mishaps. So can your financial systems keep up with the growth that you're trying to make sense of things from multiple spreadsheets or the right employees in the right position? Or do some people lack the skills and experience they need to do their jobs effectively? Smart investors are going to be asking those types of questions. Uh, absolutely, Josh. We've talked about the importance of SOPs, uh, and SOPs can help you handle the growth, having, having a growth plan, a development plan. Uh, but most importantly, you got to have the staff. And you could argue who's more important to a cannabis operation, uh, compliance or finance, uh, but I think that your first significant hire and most important hire is finance. Absolutely. If you get a ton of money and you don't know what to do with it, if you don't have anybody to hold you financially accountable, um, staying in compliance is really important. But having uh, somebody that has the right skill set for finance, I think, is important. Obviously, I'm biased against that as a capital markets analyst. But it goes back to our seven tips with successful investment deck. Is this, you know, number one, do you identify the, the business plan goals and staying true to that and having the vision for that? And also number four, which is needs and roadblocks. So understanding that there's going to be things constantly in your way, but having the right team and products, I think is number uh, six on the list uh, for the seven tips to a successful investment deck. And that kind of translates into how to remain successful overall. So if you're not focused, if you don't have and understand that things do change, we've talked a lot of trash about Tilray, not really understanding if they're not, if Brandon Kennedy, who's running Tilray, doesn't smoke cannabis, doesn't use cannabis and is proud of that, how are you going to keep sight of what's happening? How are you going to predict what's likely to happen? And how are you going to avoid writing off billions of dollars that your competitors at Aurora and, Can and Canopy have? Um, right. uh, you know, all of these things kind of just line up on how you should be successful. I'm loving the volatility on Tilray, though. Uh, I might be playing <laughs> that on the upswing and downswing, but uh, this is not financial advice, so don't listen to me. <laughs> all boils down to accurate information. So investors want to see that the company has access to real, reliable data that they can use to inform decision making. That means having regularly prepared financial statements in addition to relevant data points on key metrics, like should a dispensary know how long it takes for a product to sell? And farmers should know yielding per plant. So especially during you know, late harvest season right now, suppliers should know 
when the percentage of the revenues that comes from each customer, who their biggest customer is, then how that data is viewed and analyzed. All of the things that kind of we cover with our headset reports, BDS analytics and new frontier data and uh, happy monkey, all of the, the data reports that we get is, is helping our clients kind of figure out with that accurate information, what to do with it. This is imperative and it's the appropriate staff uh, having compliance procedures, having finance procedures. So uh, somebody might steal $10,000 from the kitty, but you catch it before they steal a million dollars from the kitty. Uh, but also you can't do projections without the data. Uh, hey, we wanna uh, add a new product line. Uh, okay, uh, how much is it gonna cost? How long is it gonna take to recoup those costs? Uh, and you and I talk all the time, Josh, about cost of goods sold. Uh, if you don't know how much it costs, to make something, you don't know how to charge for it. And if you don't know how to charge for it, how can you determine what's profitable? That's right, especially with shipping costs. A lot of CBD companies think that it's great that they can cross borders, but they can't really afford to ship products effectively or inexpensively. So not only are you trying to figure out which flavor profiles to sell and which zip code, getting that granular data is important, but how to really figure out what you should be selling and what you're spending too much time on. We even saw that in the real world with Coca-Cola really paring down on which items it was going to sell and which ones it was no longer going to. And so as soon as we normalize this industry, we're going to see a lot more of that. So it's, it's about finding the right key players and having those individuals looking at the data that's available and optimizing what's being sold and where and how. Um, and again, staying relevant to, to data points on key metrics is important. Otherwise, how are you going to know that you're succeeding? Uh, agreed. So number three is understanding the true cost of things. Like you mentioned, cost of goods sold. This is where a conversation with potential investors can fall off the rails. They want to know not only what goes into each product you sell, but that you actually know the information and you can uh, knowledgeably talk about your margins. So if you factored in marketing and cost sales, how much of the how much of a drain do slow moving products have on your storage expenses? We don't have drop shipping, right? So it's important to make sure that you're not having something that exceeds the shelf life. You don't want, um, you know, if you're mixing in oil and water, you don't want that separating. That's if you're in a medical state, you still don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of things you want to take a look at and understanding the cost and timeframes are, are important. And it's much more than just the product. What's the rent? Uh, let's not forget taxes. Um, you know, we, we see cannabis businesses, woohoo, I have a million dollars in the bank account. And that is absolutely wonderful. And we, we want people to have a million dollars in their bank account, assuming they have a bank account, that's a good sign. But that doesn't mean you made a million dollars worth of profit. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to take every single cost uh, into account, uh, rent, advertising, electricity, uh, everything. Mm -hmm. And build some accountability into that, right? If you, if you hire somebody, you have to hold them accountable. That's, that's number four. So build in accountability. There's no way around it. The industry is under heavy scrutiny from all angles, making accountability a top priority. So by adopting a culture that values taking a disciplined approach to the business, including finances, 
you can confidently stand by the projections you share with your investors. So budgets and forecasts, they can carefully create and then test out over time. Employees should have key metrics and targets to aim for and be held accountable to the results. Uh, this is a compliance program, Josh. Uh, check and double check. Um, and if people are not performing, get rid of them. Uh, and this, this includes finance, this includes legal, uh, this includes management, sales, it doesn't matter. Uh, stop the bleeding before you start hemorrhaging. Yeah, I definitely think that this is something that the industry is severely lacking is accountability and scrutiny, uh, compliance and finance professionals. So I think that maybe the next wave we'll see more accountability and that'll be on the back of professionals holding people accountable. Just haven't seen it uh, yet. Not, not widely throughout the industry. They've been severely lacking in accountability. Yeah, agreed. So number five is to make a clear view of the cash. With many companies accustomed to bank denials and dealing with large amounts of cash, the industry faces a special challenge. Cash could be sparked in multiple locations, making it difficult to know how much you have at any one time. Investors want to confirm that you could pay your bills and to know how you'll do it. So a typical question you may hear is, what kind of payment terms have you established with suppliers and can you meet them? Uh, we don't see too much of this in Washington state, Josh, because there's no credit, there, there's no uh, COD type stuff. Uh, the, trace and tra the track and trace system in Washington uh, effectively requires uh, payment on delivery in all circumstances, but that doesn't mean your employees are paid on delivery, right? Your employees are paid bi-weekly, most likely, um, and your other vendors, uh, for example, in, in Seattle, you pay your light bill every two months. Uh, so uh, you have to have these numbers under control. You have to understand these numbers, and you have to have an understanding of how you're going to pay those bills. So you're not running around fire sale on Friday at 9 a.m. to make payroll at noon. And make sure you're paying your taxes because that's not yeah. something that you're going to be able to get out from. And all too often we see businesses that won't pay uh, taxes on employee tax or property tax or whatever it is. You can't just decide not to pay that. <laughs> they will come after you and you can't write that off in bankruptcy. Uh, Josh, the more, most important thing that you said in that sentence was they will come after you, mm. not your company, you. Uh, the taxes do not ever go away. And you correctly stated bankruptcy is not an option. Uh, and even if bankruptcy was an option, you can't get rid of tax in bankruptcy. So if, if I'm running a cannabis business, the very first thing I do is pay tax. Yeah. And once the industry is normalized, you know, when you get net 30 uh, options, at 10, like a, a net 1030, you can get 10% off on, if it's paid for within 30 days, banks will start coming out of the woodworks and offering um, opportunities to reduce your expenses on that. Because at, when you annual, annualize those terms, it gets really, really expensive. And so like you mentioned, we don't really have this yet because we don't have debt options. Everything is cash, but when it is normalized and you will have you know, net 30 options, um, you want to take a look at that and save yourself some cash, but that's going to be down the road. 
Mm-hmm. Number six is going to be trustworthiness. Investors want to know that they can believe in the information you're telling them. Do you have controls around the financial information and how it's recorded or does everyone follow their own process? So the way the information is gathered, the systems there are in place to monitor and track and record it. Timely information, make sure it's accurate and can significantly affect how hopeful investors will be about your business. So yeah, trustworthiness, right? That's investors' number one thing is they're investing in the individuals more, more so than maybe the product itself. And if you have red flags, that trustworthiness goes right out the door. Uh, this element gets right to SOPs. Pardon me. This element gets right to the SOPs and compliance and finance professionals and legal professionals on your team. Uh, you can be the best grower of cannabis and you can be growing the best strain in the entire world. Uh, you're not going to get a dollar of investor money if you don't have a team behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people that uh, have some respect in the industry and they're not you know, BS artists and all of that. So definitely want to have uh, trustworthiness behind you as well as comparability and predictability. That is number seven. Are you able to pinpoint any patterns that may show up from a week or two weeks or a quarter to quarter? Information gives investors an idea of what they can expect from the business and whether that fits into their goals. And they'll be curious to know whether you can accurately project future results. So this also goes down to uh, business development as well as finance to make sure that your pro forma statements, uh, your future looking financial statements are on point and not some random $420 million projection that you know you decided to come up with after a bong hit. You're making sure that you have comparable, comparable and predictable results is key. Josh, we, we address this in our competition slide. Uh, and we wanna know that you understand the market. Uh, who are you up against? Uh, competition, uh, can give us information about, oh, hey, there's 10 different vape pens on the market. Uh, But the fact that you put the time and effort into researching those 10 uh, companies that are making vape pens also helps educate you and the investor uh, about the market as a whole. And if you stay on top of monitoring your competitors, you will be able to identify the trends hopefully before everybody else, but certainly uh, realize uh, possible obstacles and possible opportunities. Uh, If you find out one of your major competitors is is having financial problems or all of a sudden their sales dipped for no reason, uh, then you got to start asking yourself why. Uh, And same thing if your competitor's sales exponentially jumped uh, without uh, a a specific reason, you also have to ask yourself why. And so this is probably in the top five most important things that you need to do as a cannabis entrepreneur is understand the marketplace, understand your competition. Yes. And, And that kind of goes into number eight about future plans. Again, you have to kind of be aware of the culture. Cause if you don't know, if you're just, if you came in from Silicon Valley or, you know, tobacco or the pharmaceutical industry, and you don't know cannabis that you think it's just another commodity or crop or, you know, whatever you're going to, you're not going to really get that accurate. And we can see that in the one to $3 billion write-off that we saw with Aurora and Canopy. 
So number eight on the list is future plans. Be ready to talk about where the market and where your company are headed. Investors are going to be interested in understanding your insights about consumer behavior, potential expansion, and the possibility that you have an exit strategy. And even if it's way off, they may want to know that you've gone through enough scenarios that you have the ability to come up with that realistic plan and that you've decided which routes are worth contemplating or pursuing. Hard to do that when you don't really understand the industry. Yeah, I agree with uh, number eight wholeheartedly. Number nine is have a clean financial statement. Don't see that too often in the cannabis industry. You need to anticipate being asked for audited financial statements and know that getting these together can take up more time than you might expect. And so if you haven't established a habit of regularly closing the books, a drawn out process of looking back over the past couple of years is a must do, and it's a common struggle. So start with getting the financial household in order so you know where a company stands before deciding how to reach out to investors. I think the last thing people want is to be handed a shoebox filled with like receipts and not a spreadsheet that's detail oriented that can really kind of give you a clean financial statement. This cannot be overstated. Uh, and I stated earlier, uh, your first hire should be finance because of exactly this problem. Uh, if you have to go back in time and fix this stuff, it is a pain in the patootie and it is very expensive. Uh, it is not pleasant, it is not fun, and this is more than just a box of receipts. Uh, if, you, if you can't account for every dollar in that company, you have a problem. And if you are just simple, simple task of you're the, you're the owner of the company and you're taking some equity out of the company, Okay, great, wonderful. Like you, you, you're working for equity. It's very common in startups. Make sure you're tracking how you are awarded that equity and what you did for that equity because cleaning up the corporate books can be even worse. Uh, Josh, you need to have a financial person on your team very, very early in the process. And, and I think eight or nine of these uh, first nine tips, uh, address finance in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And transparency should as well. That's the 10th one. So the investor relationship, it's not going to end once you get the funding. Your investors are going to want to know where the money is going and what they, the expected results or updates. So that means going up with how you'll keep them informed and assuring that your company will operate with integrity. So it comes back with trustworthiness and um, you know, being transparent and open and honest, and that includes financials. I was working with a company here in sunny Seattle, and they wanted some investment dollars from me, and I knew them. I'd been to their facility, I inspected everything, and I was ready to write a check. And I met with another investor who was also ready to write a check. And during that meeting, there was an offhand little comment about the litigation. And I knew these people, I knew this company, and I had done my due diligence, I looked it up, and now litigation. And I'm like, what? Mm. What? How come I'm hearing about litigation when I basically have my checkbook in my hand? Now, was that a failure on my due diligence part? You could argue that. But 
They didn't tell me about this litigation. And then I come to find out the litigation is significant. There was patent litigation going on. There was litigation between the founders going on. And I immediately put my checkbook down, walked out the door because of this exact problem. They might be able to get out of the litigation. Maybe it's not a big deal, but they didn't tell me, Josh. Yeah. It's not- he wasn't on their books either. That's definitely not being transparent. So all in all, not a bad list here for uh, in ca- for cannabis investors needing 10 tips for success. Just kind of going through it. You need to have uh, running operations that are smooth, accurate information, true understanding of costs, built-in accountability, a clear view of the cash, trustworthiness, comparability and predictability, future plans, clean financial statements, and transparency. So yeah, a lot of finance involved with that. So maybe it's a sign of the times. Maybe we are maturing. You're just going to have to come back to the talking hedge and find out. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for running through this Cannabis Investors 10 Tips for Success. Thanks, Josh. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the talking hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.